Welcome to Becoming Heisenberg, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC and Netflix. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today my co-host is David, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Good, good. Uh, So this is for season two, episode five called Breakage. Uh, Some interesting developments in this episode, what did you think? Uh, I enjoyed this episode, it's another kind of... um starts off as sort of being kind of a transitional thing but then you know we we get into see them starting to to set up where they're kind of trying to go next now they've got rid of tuco and uh, you know they've got this issue of of how they're going to uh make money given that they don't know really that much about distribution they can cook the stuff but it's no good if you can't sell it anywhere so um it was sort of interesting that watching them put that together and you get more of Badger and Skinny Pete and Combo, who I'd completely forgotten about. But uh, yes, mm. that those three guys come in. You got a bit more of um, Hank in this episode as well. And you're seeing some of the uh, the sort of aftermath of the events of the last few episodes with him, which is interesting. And, you know, and we also get the uh, first um time we meet Kirsten Ritter in this as well which was the thing that she always contributes this the fact that she was in Breaking Bad as to the thing that got a Jessica Jones so uh, you know quite an important role for her Hmm. Um, you know so um, it's kind of awesome really I yeah I mean I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed this episode quite a lot I thought you know we're getting to see the the money problems come back up and Skylar's still annoying me as a character, but apart from that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Skylar, Skylar's not having a good time in this episode, uh, and neither are the people yeah. in her family either, such as Walt and uh, Anne Marie, as we see in the episode. Uh, I think it's another very good one. I do think it's another sort of transitional episode, but you can. See, I think this episode not only shows you kind of what's going on, obviously, but it also shows you that. Okay, you know, Tuco, who was kind of the big kingpin, kingpin, sorry, at the time, uh, you know, he's dead, he's, you know, things have kind of moved on. One thing I noticed in this episode, which I don't think I noticed the first time I saw the show, is um, when uh, Jesse meets his three friends at his new, like, house or whatever, there seems to be this overarching message or this o- overarching feel that, okay, Tuco is the big kingpin, he's gone. And now everybody's because the DEA is kind of like out there looking for you know more more drug dealers and things that everybody's tried to sort of go a bit more quiet with what they're doing, mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense because once you know you do a big um, you know somebody big like that gets caught out and obviously you know killed off um, the people because everybody else would consider themselves like lower than him in terms of you know the kingpin sort of scale. Uh, so it would kind of make sense for literally everybody else to kind of like hide away a little bit and try to be a lot more careful because this big yeah. thing has kind of happened. And um, I th- I can't remember, it's one of the four of them that says it. I don't know if it's Jesse or one of the other three that says like, hey, there's just like not much out there at the moment because it just seems that uh, that everybody's kind of gotten scared and sort of hidden away a little bit. Not like quit, but gone on the, I suppose they call it download, don't they? Uh, gone on the sort of download and I, d- I don't remember noticing that the first time I watched the show so I thought that was an interesting little detail that I kind of picked up on um, 
But yeah, it is that situation where okay, they the the show's trying to progr- progress itself, and the characters are, but they've both the show and the characters have then got the problem of okay, we're kind of like back on track a little bit. You know, the DEA stuff has kind of finished somewhat, and we're trying to get back to cooking, but the distribution method problem that they have in this episode is you know shown off a lot and that sort of thing because they've not got any problem with making the products it's just in terms of actually getting it out there and like who can they go to because there's there's no next sort of tuco and that kind of thing um i think what's interesting as well is walt sort of mentioning okay we saw what happened with tuco we almost died do we want to jump in with somebody like that straight away Mm. or can like you know can jesse do something about it which i thought was very very interesting so there's there's a lot of those sort of details in this episode that i think are are very interesting and very good so yeah i i think it's a mixture of um i think it's a mixture of of the fact that yeah the dea you know they i I think people know tuco's gone Mm -hmm. and um it's not just the dea going after them that have kind of close things down i think it's also that just the simple fact that tuco controlled so much of the industry yeah in that area that he's just not there and that has cut off the supply of uh the meth that's out there so you know because the problem is that as you say you could have millions of people um it it's kind of the problem we've had in some cases with the the vaccine rollout in some countries is the fact that we can produce enough vaccines for it, but the infrastructure isn't isn't there to be able to get it into people's arms. And it's almost the same with this, yeah, yeah. really, in that, you know, they, they can produce the stuff, but if there isn't an infrastructure there to actually get it out to the, quote-unquote, customers, then <laughs> yeah. they've got a problem. And that's, and, and, you know, this is the issue that Walt and Jesse are coming up against is, okay, Tuco's not there and he was the person that was actually distributing the stuff and uh well well i mean what comes across as a bit of an asshole in this i mean you know because there are a couple of times where he's basically putting it on jesse of like well you know you need to deal with it you need to sort it out and and you know he's tell he's sort of saying i'll cook during the day and you go out and sell at night and like jesse i think quite rightly is going well fuck no i'm not you know that's that's i i for for one thing i am now on the dea's radar and secondly i'm not going to put myself at that much risk purely for the amount of money that that's going to bring in be able to do it by myself and you know that's where they get into that argument and and uh you know i think yeah Walt's kind of just showing his naivety of the system i guess Mm. you know because you can't do it like that i mean there's just no way you can make enough money out of it yeah yeah but yeah it is it is similar to covid situation in in some aspects i mean it's mainly the distribution thing isn't it like you've got all this product and stuff yeah uh, but you just haven't got anyone to sort of sell it to really or you there's people like this to sell it to but trying to get it to those people is kind of the issue so um, yeah, I just, I just found that as an interesting kind of point to the episode as well. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Skylar's not having a good time in this episode. There's, there's all sorts of arguments with different people. Uh, I thought what happened with Hank in this episode was very interesting and sort of showed a different side to him. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was good as well. So, yeah, lots of interesting things happening in the episode. Uh, let's go into a bit of housekeeping and then we'll go into the episode itself. See you in a minute. 
Hi there and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice that's $3 level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show all right on uh, entertainment talk recently uh man united played another game yesterday uh it's been pretty crazy lately uh man united played against leicester and lost by two goals to one we did put our sort of second team out which has still got a good bunch of players they just haven't played together quite so often and some of them haven't played for a long time anyway so they're a bit a uh, bit of a rusty sort of team so to speak which was kind of expected but still a bit disappointing uh still a crazy good goal from mason greenwood i really really enjoyed that um but that does however mean that manchester city are this year's premier league champions which is we kind of knew was maybe going to happen but the reality of it actually happening is still very sad and disappointing so uh, no league title for may united this year but we could win the Europa League in a couple of weeks' time because we're in the final. So we'll see how all that goes. But uh, interesting, disappointing stuff from yesterday's game. May United play again tomorrow against Liverpool because uh, there's like five or four games in like seven days. It's It's been crazy. So uh, there's another game against Liverpool tomorrow night. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, we could stop Liverpool getting European football, which I would find very funny if we managed to do that. Um, so <laughs> you might hear me laugh on tomorrow's podcast um, because that might be the reality, which I would just find hilarious. So uh, there's that. <laughs> um, which, it would just be funny if that happened. So, yeah. Uh, also, yesterday on uh, Gaming Talk, we talked about um, 
Resident Evil Village. There's some information about the game and some choices that uh, Capcom made and, and some other bits and pieces about it as well. We also discussed Resident Evil kind of as a franchise. I talked about some of my issues with it as a franchise. Not necessarily individual games, but just it's a it's a bit of a messy kind of franchise in a way. Uh, so we talked about that. We also talked about Battlefield 6, which is going to um, supposedly get revealed next month, which would make sense because E3 is next month. So we'll see how that works out. We talked about Halo Infinite as well. And um, uh, some uh, new details for some weapons and enemy types and that kind of thing. So we talked about that. I also talked about um, Activision let go of the actor who uh, voices Ghost. Not that that character will necessarily ever be needed ever again. Because I can't see that happening. But uh, he made some comments and things. And uh, Activision decided to let him go. So I don't think it will be a loss for the game. It will be a loss for him because he won't have the job. But uh, we won't really need to see that character again. So, um, anyway, there's that. And we also talked about a bunch of lawsuits that are going on in different places as well. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead still continuing this week. Season 6, episode 12 is the current episode, or the, the newest episode. Uh, there is a four episodes, I think, left for the season. I did hear somebody say that it'll take, it takes a week off at some point. So, I don't know when that is, but I think there's a new episode next week as well. Uh, but season 6 episode 12 is the newest one. Uh, Sony released a trailer this week for uh, Venom Let There Be Carnage. Which is the sequel to the 2018 reboot. With uh, Tom Hardy in the main lead role. I talked about the trailer and watched it on the podcast. And uh, I didn't like it very much. So I talked about my issues with it. And uh, some other things related to that. And the whole Sony Venom universe thing. And whatever they're trying to do with that. So... There's that. Uh, on Tuesday, as I said, Man United played against Aston Villa and did win by three goals to one, which is very good. Uh, Man United also on Thursday uh, did lose 3-2 to, three, three to Roma in the Europa League semi-final, but won 5-8 on aggregate, so we are through to the final. So that, that will be played against Villarreal in the next couple of weeks. I think it's the 26th of May, I think, is, is the date for that. Uh, DC also released some news that um, they are looking for a black actor to take on the role of uh, Kal-El Clark Kent, which is weird because they've already got one. His name is Henry Cavill, so I discussed that. And, uh, you know, the, the kind of continued message of Warner Brothers and just different things related to that so I talked about that as well um, and that's pretty much uh, is that everything oh yeah there's the Arsenal podcast I did I talked about how bad Arsenal are because well they are um, so there's that as well if you want to if you want to hear me talk about Arsenal so uh, that's everything we've been doing recently for entertainment talk uh, let's get into the recap a good old cold open from Breaking Bad. Uh, this one finds two guys find what appears to be Tuco's teeth in the case that we saw in a previous episode that Hank was given uh, for like a trophy sort of thing for uh, killing or taking out Tuco. Um, and these two guys find it and that's kind of all we see. We do see at the end of the episode how it got there. Uh, but we'll talk about that when we get to the end of the episode. But um yeah, interesting stuff. Um, kind of strange, you, you know. If we, if you're watching it for the second time, like we are, you know, obviously, uh, what this is and that kind of thing, and maybe how it sort of got there. Uh, but if you're watching it for the first time, you're probably thinking like, okay, something's happened to Hank. He's been all the way out here for mm-hmm. some reason. Did he get, you know, attacked or something? Um, you're kind of wondering like how, you know, w- we don't really know where this area is when we first sort of see it in this cold open. So you're just kind of wondering a bit of like, okay. Hank owned this thing. How did it get there and where is Hank? I think are the two kind of questions. So, um, but yes, one that does get sort of bookended. It's nothing to do with all the Teddy and that sort of longer term 
story in that. So uh, what do you think of this cold open? It's kind of cool. It, yeah, it's a great cold open because um, it ties in so well with the rest of the story as well. Because yeah, yeah. you've got the, the thing about, you know, we find out later on that Hank's got a promotion and he's supposed to be going down to the sort of Mexico border, uh, you know, the Texas-Mexico border. And so there is a very real possibility that you think, oh, crap, something, you know, that 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 cold open will have something to do with something, you know, Hank being killed or attacked or something. So it's a it's a really clever little bit. I couldn't quite remember how the teeth got there. Uh, me, I mean, me obviously, neither. I knew Hank was OK because I knew he was around, um, you know, so I knew Hank was all right. But I, I was like, how the hell did that happen? I can't remember. Um, so. Uh, yeah, it's a great little code open that because it really has you thinking that something really bad could be about to happen to Hank. Um, and they set up bits in the story where it makes sense that, you know, well, he could have been attacked. You know, there's these two guys crossing this river. It looks like they're trying to illegally cross. And that's in the area that uh-huh. you would expect um, Hank to, to be working as a DEA agent. So. It, it's a really, really good cold open setup that and uh, has you guessing throughout. So I was, I was, you know, I mean, they're great a lot of these cold opens, but that one I thought was particularly well thought out and put together. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. So, and again, as you said, it ties into at least Hank's side of the story for the episode. You get it resolved by the end. Uh, it's very just sort of, yeah, very sort of cleanly told story and uh, is very, very good. So uh, I can't <laughs> remember, I can't remember what I was thinking the first time I saw obviously talking a few years ago now uh, I can't remember what I thought happened at the f- the first time I saw this because some things I can remember how I felt the first time around I I saw it but uh, anyway uh, there you got for the cold open and again as I like to give credit uh, really good sort of editing with pushing that into the intro and then into the episode so uh, I always think mm-hmm. that's pretty good that intro just kind of just just hits I think so uh, and it does it every episode so yeah. Good. Uh, Walt finishes his first round of chemotherapy and is told that he will learn the results in two months time around the time when the baby is due because Skylar is obviously heavily pregnant at this point however Walt begins to feel overwhelmed by the growing medical bills hence the plot of the entire show uh, you know making yes. money for to sort this thing out uh, and the money he made from Tuco is running out because of course that was a little bit of time ago, so he's going to have started spending that money. Uh, while he is uh, vomiting in the toilet, uh, he finds something clogging it. It's a packet of cigarettes, which we know that Skylar was smoking last episode. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, one thing I'm glad the show didn't do here, this is a very sort of small thing, but if you're ever showing a character vomiting, uh, whether it's into a toilet or anywhere, there's never a need to focus on like you know the the vomit itself i i I know of a few i know of a few films and a few shows where they'll like zoom in on the character's face and it's like you don't need to do that um and Mm. you you don't you don't see what doing that in this scene and i know it's a very small thing but there's 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 certain things you don't need to see on screen and that's one of them um or, or you could do something to where you show it from like a different angle uh, I'm not saying it's like too grotesque or too violent. It's just unnecessary if you show that on screen, at least in my opinion. Um, I actually remember yeah. that. I remember there was a scene in uh, It Chapter Two where um, it cut over to one of the characters. I can't remember which one, and uh, the character vomited, and they also they almost did it like straight into the camera, 
And I was like, that's just completely unnecessary. You know, it, it's things like that that just you, you don't need to do it. So uh, credit to the to the show here for not actually needing to show that. So you sort of get a little bit of almost the aftermath yeah. of it. So um, any particular thoughts on that, I, I suppose? <laughs> no, I, no I'm, I do kind of agree with you. It's uh, There's very little reason to, to actually show somebody throwing up and actually like show them throwing up as opposed to being able to kind of stick the camera behind them and have them make retching noises you know i mean it, it that yeah and so I, i'm kind of with you on that i mean i'm i'm all for showing kind of you know what depending what the show is if you want to show kind of the violence or you know sex or you know whatever it is that you want to show i mean I, as long as there is a purpose to it as long as yeah, there is a reason for it being there, but generally, if if a person's throwing up, you don't generally need to see it. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. It's it's not something you necessarily need to see. But in terms of the overall scene, um, yeah, there's there's some interesting things. I mean, it reinforces the point, the ridiculous point about the American uh, medical system, uh, and yeah. as like as I said before, if this happened in the UK, this show wouldn't exist. So, you know, um, there is that. I mean, but then also in terms of, uh, as we've said before, it had Walt's ego not got in the way, this necessarily wouldn't need to have happened because he could have taken the money off his friend um, who offered to pay for all the treatment. But, you know, uh, that's not happened either. So this is where we are. Um, but yeah, and then finding the cigarettes as well, which I mean, this sort of, there's a number of points throughout the episode where Walt is obviously suspicious that it's Skylar that has been smoking and then kind of does confront her about it later. But there's some number of little points where he makes comments about, you know, have you been around somebody that's been smoking or, um, you know, he checks the, the, um, smoking, uh, like compartments on the car and stuff you know there's little things like that that come up um so yeah this sort of sends him on that on that journey as well but um yeah uh and and yeah this it also this thing about the money is running out at this point i mean i think he says later on that he basically has zero money left so uh, so yeah, we have yeah the scene where uh, Walt also finds the uh, cigarette packet in the in the toilet. Not the smartest decision from Skylar. I mean, you know that they no, you, you can't flush those those things. And then you see Walt's look straight away. Um, I wonder if he's thinking like, okay, is it Skylar or do you think he has some like any suspicion that it might be like Junior or uh, Walt Junior or something? Or do you think he definitely? Do you think he definitely thinks it's Skylar? Um, well, I mean, I think at that point, I think he's probably not sure. Yeah. But it's obviously, it's obviously going to be one or the other. And then of course, later on, you know, he does come in and make that remark about, Hey, have you been around somebody that's smoking? And so I think at that point he knows it's Skylar, but, um, yeah, I think initially he's probably not sure and maybe thinks it's junior, but, um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, because I I just wondered what he was thinking kind of in that moment. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, as we said, he's running out of money and uh, he's going to try to solve that in this episode. So uh, speaking of the other side, um, 
Jesse returns to Clovis, risky decision, uh, to make good on his word. Yeah. He pays for the uh, towing and repair of his gate. He also works out a deal to store his RV in Clovis's lot uh, and buys a used car from him as well. So he's uh, splashing the cash a little bit here. Uh, next day, he rents an apartment from Jane, uh, which is when uh, Kristen Ritter comes into the episode, uh, who manages the property and lives next door, although he likes the space. He has no credit history and he can only pay in cash. Uh, she initially doesn't want to do this, uh, but eventually, after raising the price a bit with cash only, uh, I think by $100, I think is what she said, uh, they agree yeah. to that situation. Um, do you think... Because uh, she did say about, like, she she... Uh, her and her dad sort of run this like situation um do you think that's like an extra hundred for her to get out of the situation which is fair enough i mean because if you negotiate your way through a situation like that which he successfully does um she's probably keeping that money i would i would guess and then maybe just says to her dad like hey yeah we we we're renting you know we have a new person to, to rent the place for um i think something like that might be kind of going on but um yeah two two yeah two scenes to kind of talk about here um yeah because obviously if you remember from last week jesse did manage to get uh some money from walt even though walt initially didn't want to do that and uh he's obviously using that money to uh buy a few things here uh so good to see jesse kind of getting back on his feet somewhat you know he's got a car back he's got the the rv situation sorted he's paid for what he's uh owed before um and then gets himself a, a new place you know away from his parents and all that his parents can't I- interfere with with this situation um and uh yeah it's good to see him kind of like moving on and stuff which is good uh we we talked i think last week or the week before somebody was asking us questions about like um you know do we think that Walt and Jesse are good or bad guys and i've i've said at the time you can be a good person do a bad thing you can be a bad person do a good thing but it still might mean that you're good or bad depending on the situation um to me this is jesse doing a good thing i mean the way that we saw him leave this place last week you know bashing down the gate and stuff but he comes back and amends amends fences so to speak um i think it's him is him doing a a good thing and i mean he kind of has to do some of this in in some way you know with the car and everything uh but hey he goes back and he pays um clovis the money that uh that he owes him and then obviously you know goes even further than that and uh buys a few things from him so uh, what do you think of jesse's actions here yeah i mean he comes back and sort of says my money is my bond and and i yeah i think you're right i think jesse on the whole is a good person that's just trying to get through the world you know and uh i yeah the fact that it says quite a lot about him the fact that you know he risks coming back and you know as close as he said he's either kind of very brave or very stupid or something along those lines and you're like yeah possibly a bit of both but the fact that he he comes back you know he says look i promise to pay you the money here's the money here's some extra for the gate and can we work out a deal because i need to store the van somewhere so i mean arguably yes there is potentially he does have an ulterior motive of like you know if i can smooth things out maybe i can store the van here so you know he does want to be able to store the rv but ultimately he could potentially have managed to store that somewhere else possibly Hmm. um Although, I mean, there is arguably, you know, if you've got it full of meth supplies, you maybe want somebody that you know is prepared to kind of look the other way when you're storing the thing. Mm, But, you know, so, I mean, 
It is, but I think it is ultimately him trying to do the right thing to to sort of come back and say, you know, I'm sorry for what I did. Here's the the setup, and I I did wonder when he was looking at the cars, um, was that an El Camino that he kind of looked at? I I'm I, not entirely sure. I, I think it possibly well. was. Yeah, because I can't remember where he gets the El Camino um, from. Um, but I think that no. was that car because I'm not really like a car person or whatever. But uh, I I thought it no. initially was as like a sort of look to this is what he's trying to get. He can't quite get it right now, so he's settling for this other car. Uh, so yeah. I, I was I was kind of thinking the same thing as well. So because uh, I'm guessing he gets some more money and then buys it from here. I can't quite fully remember. So because uh, obviously we no, got the, we got I... the we got the Breaking Bad film uh, El Camino. So. Yeah, yeah, I, and I don't know whether that is specifically the El Camino or just a El, an El Camino, and that's the sort of. But but either way, I I kind of thought that was kind of interesting as well. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah I mean, you know, it's I, I I like the fact that you know, as I say, I think Jesse is a good person, uh, you know, generally, and he's just trying to make his way through the world in uh, the best way he can, and uh, you know, pays his debts. So. Mm-hmm which is good yeah uh yeah we also get the first appearance of jane uh kristen ritter uh coming in for this role which is cool um say an introduction to uh to new character because even at this point breaking bad doesn't have that many characters i mean you got the main you got no. basically the two families and you got gomez uh and i mean tuco's gone crazy eight's gone uh you got other people who are kind of on the side at the moment like hector who we've kind of seen here and there um, but it's not like Breaking Bad's got too many characters or whatever, and it sort of it sort of has established already that some of them you're not going to see much at the moment, and we sort of know who the main characters are that the show is going to focus on. So uh, one addition in in this case doesn't hurt, and uh, she does what she needs to do in the episode. So uh, any thoughts on her um, coming into the show at this point? Um, no, I just I mean I, as I say I I mean I love Kirsten Ritter. I think she's uh great actress and uh she attributes this to being the thing that got her jessica jones um so yeah i mean it's it's great to see her in this i think it was another one of these cases where i think it was a character that wasn't supposed to be around all that much and then kind of got extended slightly as well when they were writing it um there's a great little exchange when they're trying to work out the money as well where she talks about uh you know as, as well as the extra hundred a month she wants two more months in advance as a dbaa fee and then he kind of questions what's a dbaa fee and it's like a, don't be an asshole fee so um <laughs> yeah I, I like that. I love that little exchange between the pair of them. I thought that was really nice. Um, so yeah, she's she's a really good character, and uh, you know we, we know she sort of see, having seen where this sort of arc ends. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I just like the exchange between the pair of them. I think they they play off each other really well. Those two characters. So uh, it was it's good to see her introduced into this. Yeah, there is some good early sort of chemistry between the two of them as well. So. Mm-hmm. Which I think is good, but hey, you got two good actors on screen, so you know that will happen quite naturally sometimes. So, because there there is a certain yeah. level with with some scenes to where okay, if the writing isn't maybe as good as it should be, an actor can sometimes like carry the scene through because their acting is just so mm-hmm. good. But obviously, you've got a well written and a well acted scene, which is what Breaking Bad does. So, yeah, 
Uh, so that was interesting as well. Uh, what do we have next? Uh, Hank is then promoted to uh, high-ranking Albuquerque Leonese for the DEA. I think I've said all those things properly. Uh, and he will have to uh, split his time between the city and El Paso, Texas. Uh, he goes to set out to celebrate with his friends. But before he quite gets there, he has a panic attack in the elevator ride down. Uh, he takes the next day off of work to bottle some of the beer he's brewed at home, uh, which I don't think that we knew at this point that he does that, but now we do. So uh, Marie is no. kind of confused at his behavior, but uh, he assures her everything is all right. After she leaves, um, a bottle accidentally breaks and cuts his hand when he tries to do the thing with it. So, um, yeah, this is really the first time. I mean, we're getting a quite... Uh, like a few reveals here for Hank in terms of you know so far literally from the pilot you know from that moment where he went to was it Walt's birthday in the pilot uh, from then mm-hmm. right up until you know the most recent episodes you, you've seen this like dominant alpha male kind of character where he's like full of confidence all the time he loves bragging about things and not in a bad way you know it's not a bad thing it's just part of kind of who he is he's never kind of used that in a particularly bad way he's just very confident he's you know got all this uh he loves to kind of like show things off and you know when he was showing the uh the teeth girl of tuco to uh hank and walt and how he was showing that off and stuff so it is interesting to see a bit more of a vulnerable side and to see like yeah he is kind of like you know cheering hey we took down tuco but there is that underlying sort of it has affected him and everything um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you could hear it in the scene. I, I just about managed to sort of hear it. Um, as the elevator is going down and we're getting a bit of a shaky kind of view, you do hear the um, car itself, like the uh, sounds of it bouncing up and down, uh, sort of playing in uh, in Hank's mind. So I thought that was a good little touch as well. Did you did you hear that? Yeah. In the scene? Uh, not specifically. I don't remember okay. that. But yes, Um yeah, that that makes sense. I know there was sort of stuff going on when you were going through that scene, but it is nice to see this sort of side of Hank. And we've we got a little glimpse of a sort of chink in the armor, I think, when he first confronted Tuco unexpectedly, and you could tell that he was slightly more panicked than, I mean, as you would be when you sort of turn up and uh-huh. there's suddenly a guy holding a gun at you. So that was sort of expected this is this is the first time we've seen really how it's properly affected him and uh understandably i mean he was in a shootout and you know managed to survive so uh yeah this is this is sort of really the first time we've we've properly seen him kind of completely you know lose it to a certain extent with the panic attack um and then he kind of quickly recovers and walks out the elevator and and yeah you know it, it was uh nicely done that panic attacks are not fun if you've ever had one and uh they're uh yeah so so this was i thought presented quite well in here um and yeah it's um the the sort of him taking the the day off next and you know he's he's kind of singing along to uh the the sort of song to himself called shrouder brew which is the <laughs> the yeah um stuff that he's bottling at home um his own sort of brand of beer so um, I thought that was quite cute. And then, you know, he the front comes back up again when Marie comes in and he's, mm. you know, and then sort of slightly wobbles again when he cuts his hand. So you could tell he's in a kind of vulnerable state. And it's it's interesting just seeing how he puts this front up all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm looking at the scene 
too much but there's some other stuff to analyze here perhaps about mental health in a way uh, which PTSD yeah. you could definitely associate with, which is what he's facing because of the Tuca situation. And um, it is known that typically more with, with men as to maybe so much with, with women that they like m- men don't really like to talk about their feelings so much and that sort of thing. So when, when Marie does come in, you know, the, the garage and that, and he kind of completely shuts himself off uh, and he's he, he knows that he's having these problems and stuff, I do think it, it does show that, okay, yeah, we've known this like really... Uh, confident version of Hank for so long for, for like a good few episodes now and uh, you've you kind of got to see that side of him just to still kind of sh- not to say like hey he is human but to show okay there is kind of a vulnerable side to him I think I think was kind of almost important to show in a way um, mm-hmm. as like okay yeah he's he's probably dealt with people like Tuco before but this really did kind of sort of smack him in the face a bit uh, and he won, mm. you know, he he won that sort of, he, he won that fight, but he is kind of like scarred from it, which I think is interesting. So, um, but just yeah. to kind of show that as well, I think is, is interesting as well. So, um, mm. did you agree with me with, with that at all? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I did the, it is quite a good way of showing the wrong way to maybe deal with PTSD, I think, um, yeah, you know, because yeah. rather than, rather than confessing to Marie and Marie's not exactly the perfect person really to be talking to about this. Cause you know, she knows hankers this, you know, this uh, tough, you know, husband and like, Oh, he can get through anything. He'll be fine. And he doesn't. So Hank doesn't want to show Marie any kind of vulnerability. So he's not the person she's, he's going to kind of confess to, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, guys generally, particularly those sort of alpha male guys are not going to mm. talk about this sort of stuff um, because they see it as a sign of weakness, whereas, you know, the real strength is admitting that there is a problem, um, yeah. you know, and that's that's where the real power comes from. And that's what, you know, you the the real strength is, you know, these mm-hmm. understanding that there is an issue and it's something you need to deal with. So. Um, I mean, this is all far too common when people like that have mental health issues, um, you know, of which PTSD is is one through, you know, it's just it's something that happened to him and something that he has to deal with. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think it's presented quite well as an interesting sort of, you know, how, how not to maybe deal with mental health issues, uh, where, you know, to talk to somebody don't don't kind of just uh mm-hmm. try and deal with it on your own yeah definitely uh it does also feed into like you know the stigma against mental health as to like oh you should mm-hmm. be fine kind of thing you know um so yeah it's a yeah it's a, it's a bit of a problem so uh but we do advise you know if you are having mental health issues and stuff to uh definitely try to seek help in any way that you can certainly so um yeah. Uh, what do we have next? I keep losing where I am. Meanwhile, um, Walt and Jesse meet again to discuss how to distribute their meth, uh, which is the main their main sort of big problem at the moment. Uh, Jesse does not want to work uh, on his own now that the DEA has found him. Fair enough. And suggests uh, building a network of dealers, which sounds better to me, uh, so that they can uh, be both dis- distributors and producers. Uh, Walt is initially reluctant, but Jesse threatens to walk if they don't uh, follow his plan. Because uh, he says, like, hey, you need me a lot more than what I need you. Because mm-hmm. Jesse, Jesse doesn't really need Walt for this. And Walt definitely, you know, in terms of the bigger goal here, 
which again feeds into the direct main plot of the show, uh, Walt really does need Jesse a lot because if he walks away and he doesn't have a distribution method, he's kind of a little bit screwed. So because he'll just be sitting mm-hmm. there with a bunch of meth and not know what to do with it. So uh, yeah. later, Jesse invites his friends Combo, Skinny Pete, and Badger to his apartment uh, and discusses using them as dealers. And then we'll see the results of all this later on in the episode. Um, yeah, again, he, ha- he had quite a few conversations in the last few episodes about what they're going to do next, how they're going to do it, and if what they decide to do is, you know, going to work. And this is another one of those discussions. I, I really like these conversations between Walt and Jesse. I think that they're very important and, again, feeds into the main plot of the whole thing, the whole reason that Breaking Bad even exists. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Jesse on this. You know, he can't really just be going out there on his own kind of at night, and because the DA has already kind of found him. And I think, yeah, suggesting you know they build a network and that kind of kind of thing is a much better idea. Um, and Jesse kind of knows that Walt can't really say no to that because of of the situation that um, Walt can't afford Jesse to to walk away. So something mm-hmm. which I keep trying to keep in mind as I'm watching these scenes, which I didn't the first time I watched, is the actual specific relationship between these two characters, like former student and former teacher. And just seeing the way in, in these scenes, they kind of talk to each other. And you think this guy used to be in his class and this guy used to, you know, thinking about it back a little bit on the history um I think is very interesting as well. So, uh, yeah, what, what do you think of Jesse's plan here and Walt's uh, hesitance initially? Yeah, I, I think it does speak to that sort of teacher, teacher-student relationship that they had in that Walt is used to being the one that is in charge and, you know, in control of Jesse. And this is very much a partnership. It has to be a partnership because... Yeah, well, I mean, arguably, Jesse's completely right. You know, I'm sure Jesse would be able to cook meth on his own, not to the level of Walt's cooking, but, you know, Jesse would be able to do it on his own and distribute it as well. Whereas um, Walt, whilst he could cook the best meth in the world, if you've got nowhere to sell it, mm-hmm. that's useless to you. So. Um, arguably Jesse is the more important partner actually out of the pair of them because he's the one that he's ultimately going to make the money and uh, you know they and it's it's interesting and nice in this point to see Jesse actually put his foot down and sort of say you know no I am not going to put my life on the line for you know chump change I think is the way he refers to it as as just sort of saying no I'm not going to go out and just try and sell like little dime bags on my own because we're not going to make anywhere near as much money as we need to. So we need a distribution network. I can set one up. Um, Walt is obviously like trying to keep it as quiet as possible. But at, at some point, you need to be able to expand that operation. Mm-hmm. And Walt should really understand and know that. He can't, he can't put the whole thing on Jesse because then that conversation, you can imagine that if, he, if Jesse had agreed to do that, the conversation that they would have ended up having when he came back, you know, the next couple of days with say three grand would be, well, why can't you sell more? So, you know, there really isn't any other option. They, he has to find a way of distributing through a larger network. It's really the only option that they have at this point, because Jesse could not do it on his own. 
and you know what just being belligerent and sort of saying oh well no i'm not comfortable with this you know this is i i don't i vote against this and just it's like well you don't get a vote you know the division of labor was you cook i sell so you know i'm very much with jesse on this that's the that was the the way to do it and um you know get your friends in to get people that you trust set up the network and do it you know that way so mm-hmm. yeah uh what do you think of the scene with uh jesse and his friends combo skinny pete and badger it's quite a good one. Oh yeah i mean it's always fun to see that like little group together and mm. jesse kind of comes across really well in that you know he sets down ground rules yeah basically says you know you don't cut it you don't like you know skim off the top or whatever you you um you know i i front you the product you bring me the money you make x amount i make this amount everybody you know you don't cut it with anything you make sure that it's all kind of clean um and we all make money uh and you know they're three guys that he knows well and trusts so yeah i mean this does sort of come up later on of course you know when he has the second conversation with walton after what happens but um as a starting point yeah i think it absolutely works mm-hmm. yeah definitely um but yeah he's really kind of a good sort of leader in that scene you know this is a yeah where he's not got waltz like telling him what to do he's not got there over his shoulder to sort of guide him or, or whatever um you know jesse's having to be sort of the the one in charge here and um you start to see that a bit more as you go forward in uh in breaking bad because there's not only the the whole development of um you know walter to heisenberg but there's also jesse's development as well to uh to kind of keep an eye on um what do you think of uh the way he looks at um badger in these scenes he, he's sort of like uh almost as if he maybe didn't expect him to sort of be there in a weird way or because uh, you see how they're sort of like sitting around this counter and everything and you've got combo and skinny pete on the same side as uh jesse and then on the, on the other side badger is there but he kind of keeps mm-hmm. looking over at badger in a in a particular way i'm not saying that like he doesn't want him there or he like wants him gone or something but um i don't know there was a little bit of a uh, strange tension there i suppose um did, did you pick up on like the same thing or yeah there's there is a little something there uh because i think badger is the last one to show up as well you know he lets in combo he lets in skinny pete and then he's like oh and badger okay yeah uh, you know so it, yes there is um it, it it's a very sort of unspoken thing but there is a little bit of weird tension there and and of course i think the last time he saw badger was when he was cleaning out the the house and they were trying to move the stuff in the first place and badger was i think he knows Badger is possibly a liability, but he's also a friend and he's somebody that can probably do this, but he needs to keep maybe a closer eye on him. So, you know, because I think at some point in that conversation, he asked Badger to repeat it back. You know, he specifically says to Badger, what did I just tell you or something along those lines? So there, yeah, I mean, I think he's, again, it's sort of showing Jesse's leadership skills over these Mm. three of like knowing what their personalities are like you know knowing combo's relatively solid knowing skinny pete's probably relatively solid badges the one he's gonna have to keep an eye on so um yeah the, the, but it's it's not explicitly said it's it's very nicely played that yeah yeah so 
We'll see how that goes. Uh, at a family meal uh, celebrating Hank's promotion, Skylar demands that Marie apologise for giving Skylar the stolen tiara. Going back to this whole thing. Uh, or it will irreversibly drive a wedge between them. Marie uh, tearfully does eventually apologise. And there's also some scenes between um, Hank, uh, Walt and Walt Jr. as well. Just discussing a few different mm. things. Um yeah, again, kind of going back to somewhat of Breaking Bad's weaker stuff here with the whole Marie stuff. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I do think this scene is particularly better just because this isn't so much about Marie's problem as to how Marie's problem did affect Skylar and how it kind of embarrassed her and you know made her trust her sister sort of less and everything. So I do think this is a better seen from this particular little plot that we that we have um but again Skylar's just not having a good not having a good episode uh this this yeah. time so i must said this week but you know whatever um but uh yeah any thoughts on the marie Skylar stuff here eh, um <laughs> yeah i just i'm not that interested in this storyline particularly i mean uh, yeah fine you know we know Skylar and Marie have this thing going on it's just I, I the Dolls Tolentura thing I just not really that interested in that bit of the storyline the, I mean the, I thought the conversation again between um, Walt Walt Jr. and uh, Hank was the sort of more interesting bit out of that section mm-hmm. where you know Walt Jr. is sort of badgering Hank for things and you know Walt's sort of saying leave him alone and you know and Hank's kind of sort of giving answers but you could tell he's still quite wobbly as well so I thought that was a little bit more interesting with those characters I mean the the Skylar and Marie thing is like yeah okay the stolen Tariara and yeah whatever and there's problems between sisters and ugh, I yeah fine I mean that's all okay but I'm I'm just not that interested in that part of the story really yeah, I can't remember how many more times it gets brought up, but I don't I, know. I, I don't think it's that many. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but as we've kind of fairly discussed, you know, the show's not completely perfect. This is to, to me one of the reasons. Uh, I mean, no piece of media is perfect anyway, uh, and Breaking Bad's still a phenomenal show. But uh, this is one of the weaker parts of it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse's dealers are doing well selling their meth until Skinny Pete is robbed by one of his uh, customers. Uh, when Jesse uh, gives Walt his share, minus the stolen money, he explains that it is a breakage, the name of the episode, uh, revenue loss from damage, lost or stolen goods uh, that must be expected as the cost of doing business. Walt, however, has different ideas, worries that uh, what will happen when the word gets out that they can be robbed um, like this. Uh, he later shows up at Jesse's apartment and gives him a gun and says, you deal with it or says to him, take care of the of the problem. So, um, so they they show yeah they show like a montage here of uh, all three of them uh, combo Skinny Pete and um, uh, Badger all sort of doing their their drug dealings. Uh, I think we do get a shot of Wendy as well in the episode. Uh, I don't think, I think was, so. Yeah, I don't think that was the woman that Skinny Pete was running with. But I think they did show a shot of her because she's kind of in that area, isn't she? So, mm-hmm. um, which was the woman that Jesse was with before. Um. Yeah, Skinny Pete kind of gets a little bit played here. You know, he's, he's, she says, oh, you know, there's cops on the way and try, you know, get Skinny Pete to run with her uh, into this area and then kind of just ambushes him. So um, it's, a, it's a bit of a shame, but because they, they, they lost, uh, they said one grand, didn't they? Because Walter said about 
Uh, there's supposed to be 16,000 and I have 15,000. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I think Jesse's kind of right here of that, okay, this isn't the type of business where, you know, lost money is going to be able to be, you know, you're going to be able to get it back because, you know, you'll get it stolen and this is an illegal thing anyway. So this this isn't one of the businesses where you can say like, hey, police, you know, I got robbed because then they'll be like, okay, well, you're doing, you know, drug dealings. So... Uh, it's not what I'm saying. It's not like if somebody steals something from like a shop, and you can legally, you know, phone the police or something and say, "Hey, you know, we got stolen," and they can maybe do something about it. This is a completely different situation. Um, so I, I'm kind of with Jesse that okay, this is kind of the world that we're working in, and these things will happen. Um, but Walt's kind of right as well that okay, yeah, mm. it will happen, but you can't let this like just keep rolling over. And then uh, I do like as well that he brings up. You know, do you think Tuco had breakage and how big Tuco was and that sort of thing? Um, so they're both right to a degree, but I think Jesse's more in the right here. What do you What do you think of their conversation? Yeah, I was going to say I, they are they are both right. I mean, um, mm. yeah, Jesse Jesse is right. There is going to be a certain amount of breakage in you know, whatever you do. Uh, you know, there is going to be issues where drugs get seized by you know police or something gets lost or something gets stolen or damaged or whatever it is you know there there are going to be certain losses but Walt's point about the fact that you know if word gets out that you can just take the drugs off these three guys that are selling this really high-end meth that's a problem as well and you know he what does it bring up unsustainable business model because i mean it is because if they suddenly start to get known as the people that they get you get drugs from but you can basically just take the drugs off them because they've got no protection that's an issue as well so they need to do something about it and walt is i mean does come across like a bit of a dick in this to jesse but at the same point, Jesse was the person that said, you know, you cook, I sell, you know, and the selling is entirely up to me. So it is Jesse's responsibility to make sure that um, the money is coming in and they're not just going to get all the products stolen. So that is sort of on Jesse's head. So they, they are, uh, yeah, they are both right. I mean, Jesse is right. Yes, there is going to be some loss of, of, you know, income through whatever damage or, or, you know, stealing or whatever. But on top of that, what is right that, you know, as they grow bigger, if, which is obviously what they plan to do, you're going to need protection of some description because you are in a dangerous business and you can't go to the cops. So yeah. Um, I, I can't remember again. It's lovely because I can't remember how any of this plays out. Mm. So, um, I yeah, I'm looking forward to see what happens next with that. Um, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there you go. Um, he also Walt. Uh, he Walt also confronts uh, Skylar over her smoking. This is a later scene as well. Uh, she refuses to apologize for keeping secrets when he has done been doing the same. Uh, that night, Hank is woken by what he thinks are gunshots and goes through the house with his pistol drawn. Uh, it turns out to be the uh, caps popping off the beer bottles due to pressure. And then the next day, he uh, drives down to the Rio Grande, I think. Grande. 
yeah, yeah. and throws the uh, trophy, which again we saw at the start of the episode, into the river, and he's not happy. So uh, that is the end of the episode, but there's a few things to talk about here. Um, I can't remember exactly what Skylar said something in this scene that I really sort of went, oh, you know. Um, it was something about like something about the second cell phone or something about um, something to do with that. And I thought, oh, that's a bit of a sort of, you know, trying to hit back at Walter a little bit because he's <laughs> moaning at her for the cigarettes and stuff. Um, again, just not a good, you know, that he he starts trying to have a very simple conversation with her. She's clearly like into a book and trying to eat a sandwich or whatever it is. And, uh, yeah, things just kind of really slowly escalate, escalate like, Hey, where's Walt Jr. Maybe you should call him. And just, it goes on and on from there. And then just bam, yeah. the cigarettes come into play and the whole conversation goes up in flames. So, um, yeah, they're they're not. Do- it's interesting as well because uh, there was there was the earlier conversation between um, the doctor that Walt sees, and uh, we see that yeah. Skyler, we see that Skylar's not there, and he's like, yeah, yeah, everything's fine. So, um, just kind of denial from from Walt in that scene as well, which ties into this, which they're just they're just not getting on at the moment because they're both holding secrets from each mm-hmm. other. Uh, so yeah, it's it's not going well for them, and she's got all the tension with her sister, and then with this, and then everything else, and yeah, and they have an argument about their son. So not good for the two of them. Uh, what do you think of this situation? Uh, yeah, I mean things are obviously very tense. Um, you know, the she, I think she admits to smoking three and a half cigarettes before throwing the pack away. But I mean, she's pregnant; she shouldn't really be smoking anything at all. And sort of yeah. says, "You." Um, of course, she feels ashamed, and I think Walt says something about that's so unlike you. And she goes, "How would you know?" So I mean, she's kind of cutting, but yeah. it's um. Yeah, I mean, clearly they're not going on right now. You know, they are both holding secrets from each other. Uh, I and uh, yeah, things things are not easy at home in the uh, uh, White household right now. Mm. Yeah, certainly. So, uh, breakfast tomorrow will be interesting. Well, breakfast every day from yes. now on will be interesting for them. So, yeah, uh, we shall see how that plays out. But um, yeah, it's not uh, it's not going well. So. Um, yeah, what do you think of the Hank scene? Um, with yeah, he's kind of I I kind of like the way he goes through the house and everything. This sort of mm-hmm. very focused cop style of of like it is that you sort of see that come out a bit. Um, and I like as well that you see uh, he starts hearing it and straight away is into his drawer loading his gun. But obviously he's sort of trained himself to do that, uh, which I imagine a lot of Americans do because you know America's got a gun problem, and uh, some people should have guns and some people shouldn't. Um, which is an American problem, but uh, he clearly is trained to like, you know, if he hears something bad happening, to just immediately go to his drawer, get the gun out with the torchlight, and sort of search the house, uh, and then realizes it's fine, and it's just the uh, the beer bottles. I couldn't remember what was causing the noise. Yeah, like from the because no, I thought, I. oh, is it somebody shoot? Because it could be somebody like shooting a drug dealer outside, or I I, I don't know. Uh, but it turns out just to be the bottle caps, and everything is fine. So. Um, yeah, bit of bit of pressure here for uh, for Hank and a bit of a worry. So, what do you think of the scene? Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting scene because on the surface of it, actually, I mean, regardless of the PTSD stuff, I think Hank would have responded in exactly the same way if he'd heard yeah. that because yeah. you know he w- but he would have been kind of uh, you yeah, know probably would have got to the uh, 
you know, garage where he was bottling the stuff and then just laughed his ass off of the fact that he was, you know, he, he was kind of prepared to shoot things and, and it was just his beer going off. Um, what's interesting about that is although I think he would have done exactly the same thing, it's his reaction at, to, at the end of it to like, you know, and also the look on Marie's face. Um, and like I say, I think the, what he did would have been I'd, I, actually exactly the same either way, because it did sound like somebody was shooting things. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's a trained cop. He's, he would have got his gun and, and gone out to go and check. Whereas it's, it's more his reaction at the end of it of like, OK, maybe I was him thinking okay, maybe I overreacted, was I too jumpy there, I scared Marie, that sort of thing. And rather than laughing it off, which is what I think he would do under any normal circumstances because of the fact that he's still a bit shaky anyway, that's the thing that then drives him to decide that, you know, he's not deserving of this award that he was given of Tuco's grill in the, you know, the trophy and then throw it in the river. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Although, although the 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 actions were exactly the same his reaction to it is the thing that i think pushed him you know in this different direction yeah so um but yeah so it's a great scene and um yeah it's just because uh, i i kind of thought as well oh, it might be gunshot so i was kind of in the same headspace a little bit as as hank and uh couldn't quite remember exactly what it was so uh yeah it's, that's one thing that continues to be interesting about this watch is we remember certain things but certain other scenes were like how does this play out again and then you kind of uh see how it goes so uh but yeah he throws the uh <laughs> teeth uh grill into into the river and then of course that's where the guys from the start of the episode find it later on so that's the end of the episode uh, let's get into a bit of feedback. Uh, if you'd like to write in and let us know what you think of Breaking Bad or anything related to Entertainment Talk, uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter, eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, Kate says, very interesting episode. I was glad to see Hank getting significant development after being focused on Walt and Jesse last episode, because he wasn't in last the last time's episode, or last week, however you want to phrase it. Uh, wouldn't you like a Hank and uh, Gomez buddy cop uh, prequel? Uh, do you think AMC will want to do anything with the, she says BBBCS, I think she means Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul shows after Better Call Saul ends. Um, I think AMC would love to do more of these shows because it would mean more you know, view, viewership for them. It would depend on, okay, what is it going to be? Because we've, we've said about, I think we've said on a few times with Better Call Saul. Uh, as we've you know seen a, a prequel idea with with that character, uh, what else they could do? And I think the Hank Gomez body cop thing would be very very interesting. Um, I think you could probably set it before the pilot of um, uh, Breaking Bad and uh, just show like okay, it wasn't just you know Tuco that Hank took down. There's been other people um, or other like gangs and things that he's that he's took down. So to show us more of that. Um, you could probably end it as well, like going to the birthday party or I, I don't know something like that. So, yeah, I think AMC would absolutely love to do that because obviously it would mean more attention to their um channel and their AMC Plus thing. It would just depend on okay, would would Vince or Peter, so uh, Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould, would they like to do it? Would the actors like to do it? I think Dean Norris probably would be up for something like that. Um, but it would just depend on. 
because to me you run a bit of a risk where if AMC says they would like to do something like that which they probably would uh, obviously Sony would probably have to say yes as well because they're the ones that own these shows aren't they so um, they'd have to like approve it and everything then you'd have to get the actors back so if, if all that is good to go you've still got to then have you know somebody to write it and show run it if you couldn't get or if you if if Vince or Peter didn't have the interest to do it it then becomes a case of okay if you get somebody else in are they going to be as good because it's obviously going to be comparisons with them and that sort of thing so yeah there's a great idea there that it just depends on if Peter and Vince wanted to do it or if they didn't the other people that would hypothetically come in would they be anywhere near as good? And they might be. They might not be. It depends on who that would be. So, um, but I think that would be a relatively good idea. What, what do you think of that whole thing? Yeah, I mean, I, as a general idea, I quite like it. Um, I I think it would be an interesting one to do. It, it it's you've got a couple of issues in the you know, um, Dean Doris is fifty eight, and right. he was you know. 40 something when they first started it so i mean you know it's been what it's going to have been almost 15 years since they first started shooting breaking bad so i mean the best will in the world uh, it's it's going to get increasingly more difficult for them to play that much younger versions of themselves so um, cause I mean, you're talking about setting this not only before, you know, Better Call Saul, you're talking about setting it before Breaking Bad as well. And I, that, you know, it, it gets increasingly more difficult to, to do that. Mm. Uh, unless you put different actors in the role and then it becomes a whole different thing. And, you know, i so I, I don't know. Um, yes, I would like to see it. I, I'm just not sure whether it's actually possible at this point. Plus, you've got the problem that Dean Norris is already on another show at this point as well. Um, he's what, he's on a, a sitcom. Uh, it's a sitcom called uh, United States of Al, and he's on one of the main roles. I think it's a CBS oh. sitcom. Um, so, I mean, assuming it gets re- renewed, of course. But uh, he's on that. So you've got that. And I'm not sure what what's Vince Gilligan's doing at this point as well um you know so it 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 becomes tricky uh and as the years go by it becomes trickier and trickier to to actually do that um so yes I think it would be interesting to see them do more within this world I just think as the years go on it becomes you know because the death of Walter White is sort of so finite. And then you did the Al Camino movie, which was, uh, you know, kind of wrapped up Jesse's story to a certain extent. It's what else can you pick out that you can actually achievably do mm. when you're 15 years behind the original thing and all the actors have got older and a lot of them are on the jobs. It's, it's what is actually possible at that point. It's not that I don't think they wouldn't want to do it. It's just whether it is physically achievable right now. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, idealistically, yes, I would love to see a, a buddy cop show between those two. I think that would be really, really fun. But um, whether they could actually pull it off, I'm not sure at this point. Yeah, yeah. So there's a few issues there, certainly. So, 
Uh, Abed uh, asks us, do you think the lack of diversity is worrying for Breaking Bad? Is there more black characters added later on? Uh, there's a lot of things to talk about here. Um, first of all, it does get better. In, I can't, I'm can't. i not going to spoil who the characters are that get introduced later on, but that does get better later on, I suppose. Um, <laughs> the, other, the other thing for something like that is when you're talking about diversity of a show that's quite old... Um, things were just simply different politically back then. I mean, I remember when Friends was moving from, was it Netflix to was it HBO Max or Peacock? One of them two. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was being moved around or something and, and the, you know, Friends got brought up again in, in conversation. And I remember seeing these articles, yeah. I remember seeing these articles about like, oh, Friends isn't like politically correct and all sorts of stuff. And it's like, well, it wasn't written yesterday. It was written 20 years ago. So it's one of them yeah. things where if you do watch something from even five, ten, or fifteen, or even twenty years ago, yeah, it's going to be different politically because you know po- the world of politics was different at the time, and it's massively unrealistic to expect like, oh, we can just like, you know, do this again and make it you know more politically correct or that that sort of thing. So you know, because you're not going to get like the cast of Friends back and do the ten years again or you know, but whatever. That's just completely unrealistic to to expect that. So. um I think in terms of some of those issues, you do have to kind of move on a little bit because there's nothing else that you can do about that. Um, but yeah, it does have a little bit of a lack of diversity, um, Breaking Bad, early on. I mean, it does focus on two white guys, so you know most of the focus is going to be on those characters, but there is some other characters introduced later on as well to uh, to keep an eye out for. So mm. um, yeah, what do you think? Uh, yes, I agree with you. Uh, I do agree that, you know, looking back on it now, yes, it is a predominantly white cast. However, I think on the flip side of that, how do you say cast Walter White as a as a um, African-American character? That, I think, itself could be seen as problematic as well, because you're basically saying, you know, the way of this, this, Afri- this sort of, um, you know, perfectly upstanding African American teacher decided to turn to drugs to solve a a, a problem, and I think there mm. would be certain people that would have an issue yeah. with that as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I'm all for diversity in shows, absolutely. Uh, as you say, there is an age thing with this. You know, it is all. You know, by the time back or soul finished it will it will basically be 15 years old or maybe uh 2018 sorry 20, 2008 when it first started so there was a less there was less of um, you know uh, um awareness i think at the time yeah yeah on a show like this uh there are uh, more characters coming in of various different backgrounds and i mean there are a few in the show at the moment plus i mean you've got one of the lead uh stars i mean rj mitt has cerebral palsy so you're also dealing with disabled characters in the show as well um so i mean yes i'm all for diversity in shows but i i think uh you can't judge everything you you have to judge things by their time as well, and you know the Friends thing is a great example of that. Of there are there are certain episodes of Friends which yeah are very problematic, um, but it is twenty years old and people forget that. Um, yeah, and you can't rewrite so, and refilm the episode. Or, yeah, you can't do that. So yeah, and it's it's the same with um, you know certain cartoons and there there are a lot of things you know you can't judge every historical thing by today's standards. 
um I think you have to put them into a certain amount of context. And for this, for Breaking Bad, I I don't really... Yeah, I don't think that diversity was necessarily a a huge thing at the time. I mean, maybe it should have been, arguably. But, you know, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm not... I I don't know. it, It wasn't something that kind of stood out to me particularly in this mm-hmm. um but i can see but, abed's perspective yeah. here of like okay it might stand out a little bit more now you know now that the world has kind of changed and stuff so, yeah yeah but, absolutely uh, and, but all, but all know, we can I, do is I, all, we, yeah. all we can do is when we make new media to make them more adjusted in that way so yeah yeah uh, it's like i said on the the love victor podcast which i'd recommend you you go and listen to in that where i said like hey this was intended to be a, a story for diversity for very specific reasons. It pulled it off very, very well. And that's a, that's a successful and a good way to tell a diverse story as opposed to just doing kind of what DC is doing a little bit with the whole Superman thing and just saying like, hey, we'll just kind of do it because we sort of feel like it and because we well, sort of screwed over yeah. Ray Fisher. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the, the DC... The, the DC thing, um, you know, since we are talking about diversity, the DC thing, the reason the the whole Black Superman thing is um, problematic is, firstly, how they've treated a number of the characters that they already had that are actors of, you know, characters of colour and actors of colour in that show and how, you know, in that, that franchise, um, how they've previously treated them. So, like Ray Fisher, so that is a problem. And also... There are a ton of characters that that are directly in the comic books that you could use. Now, we don't know exactly whether they are going to sort of try and do a black version of Clark Kent in this. I hope that isn't the case because there is a African-American Superman character in the comic books that they could use. Mm-hmm. And I hope what they're going to do is follow that story because, yeah. you know, there's no real need there are so many characters that they've done so well in the diversity in the comic books that you could use and would be great, great characters that you could pick up. The, I think it's it's just going to upset everybody if you start like taking characters that uh, and switching ethnicity when there is absolutely no need to do that when there are a bunch of other characters you could use mm-hmm. um, throughout yeah. the comic books. So. And, and, you know, treat those characters right first. I mean, then what you do is entirely up to you. But at least, you know, give Cyborg his own movie for starters. You know, I mean, treat, yeah. actually yeah. treat the characters that you have with some respect um, rather than, you know, upsetting fans by making drastic alterations to other characters. That that seems ridiculous. But, uh, you know, if they want to make a a uh, african-american superman movie absolutely do that there is a character in the comic book you yeah. could use that for if you're then going to make an african-american them, clark kent i uh i, yeah, I, 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 I know definitely i think there's, there's one yeah i think there's two different black there's one supermen. there's one that's um i know there's one that's president uh as, yeah. and, Cal- and superman Cal- i think it's calvin ellis I, th- I think that's his name calvin ellis yes i think that's that's right yeah and and you know make that that would be great you know, that would be great. It would be interesting. It would be different. Um, you know, they've got a multiverse to play around with. Absolutely do that. That would be that would be a fun movie to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. it doesn't mean that you then need to 
kick the you know the current superman to the curb or anything else so you know um just just treat the characters that you can actually use you know there are a great set of characters that you could use um of various different backgrounds i mean we've got another one coming in with naomi with the tv series who is a great new uh, young character that they brought in and i think she's really interesting and really fun so um you know i yeah it's it feels because of the way they've done this and what they've done it feels like a certain amount of tokenism i think Mm. with uh with this and that's not okay you know they need to address the actual issues they have right now yep uh yeah if you want more of my thoughts on the superman situation there is the uh the podcast for that as well so um but yeah the uh, the the, blah, blah, the diversity does improve later on for uh for breaking bad but we're not going to tell you anything about it because that would be spoilers and we don't want to do that so just uh, <laughs> join us on the journey and we'll get there when we get there so uh that's what we've got for you this episode of uh breaking bad uh thank you very much for listening we'll be back next week for episode six uh almost halfway through the season or thereabouts so um keep uh joining us each week for the episodes hopefully you're enjoying the journey whether you're re-watching or watching for the first time uh let us know and all that sort of thing uh, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, video games, films, and a lot of Man United podcasts at the moment. Another one tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah, I imagine the players are a little bit exhausted at the moment. So, um, <laughs> uh, we have that to look forward to. But, hey, we might stop Liverpool getting Champions League football, and uh, that would be great. <laughs> so uh that would be so good um but yeah join me tomorrow for that game as well that is a quarter past eight kickoff i don't know why it's so late but uh it is what it is it's the premier league so join me tomorrow for that um but for all of our other podcasts entertainmenttalk.org for all those uh if you like what you've heard today and want to support more of what we do that would be great you've got a few different options you can either just listen to other episodes that we've got uh either by going to the website entertainmenttalk.org or searching for us on podcast platforms get yourself subscribed if you'd like to do so uh you can also simply use word of mouth and social media uh, let people know about the content that we've got uh and tell them where to find it and what we do and that sort of thing and spread the word around social media you can do it on there as well of course facebook twitter that sort of thing so consider using those uh patreon there's also the one dollar three dollar level tiers uh if you'd like us to review something or get your ad free podcast as well uh for a a month or whatever you'd like to do there there's the options over there the patreon page one dollar three dollar level tiers uh david is posting your tv and film news over on geektown geektown.co.uk and geektown radio Uh, a new episode went out yesterday which i finished off listening to this morning very good one Uh, so go and listen to that geektown.co.uk uh, and Geek Town Radio. We're in the uh, period of renewals and cancellations. So uh, be, afraid, be, be afraid of your favourite show. If it's already been renewed, then it's fine. But if you like Zoe, then it might not be fine. Uh, we'll see how it all works mm-hmm. out. But um, yes, please NBC renew Zoe's playlist because I like it. And uh, hey, E4, if, you, if you'd if you like to air the episodes at some point for season two, that would be great as yeah. well. Just saying. So uh, if you'd like to know when that, all that's going to happen, Geek Town Radio, geektown.co.uk for all that. Uh, Bex is still streaming daily pretty much over on Twitch. Trista Bites, Trista B-Y-T-E-S. Go and give her a follow over there. She's doing some amazing work over there and uh, very successfully doing that work as well. So congratulations to her on what she's done recently. So Trista Bites, Trista B-Y-T-E-S. Go and give her a follow. You can also give me a follow on Twitch as well, UK. if you want to see me play some more uh, Oddworld Soulstorm which is brilliant at the moment and some other stuff as well. Uh, what did you think out of that clip that I sent you of the um, Oddworld game? It was like the 10 second little sort of clip. 
<laughs> yeah, no, that was uh, that's kind of fun. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's that's odd world. So yeah, you could ch- check out more of me playing that on Twitch, eTalkUK. And if you've missed any of the streams, which are a few of them, you can also find them on Entertainment Talk Plays on YouTube as well, which is currently up to date. So check that out as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.